Well, hello and welcome back, y'all. I'm your host, Mindy, here with my co-host, expert, and super fan of NASCAR, Riley. What's going on today? Uh, stuff. Oh, sounds interesting. What have you been doing now that it's summer break? We've been playing basketball with our new basketball hoop and swimming in our new pool that's a little tiny. But it it does the job, right? Cools you off? Yeah. And tomorrow will be my brother's birthday. He is turning seven. Hooray! Sweet! Today we're going to start by discussing all the different racetracks in the United States for NASCAR. Here are the 24 racetracks which include oval short tracks, winding road courses, and super speedways which are longer than two miles. First one is Atlanta Motor Speedway which is in Georgia. So those who are in Georgia, you're lucky. Bristol in Tennessee. Charlotte Motor Speedway in North Carolina. Chicagoland in Illinois. Darlington in South Carolina. Dover in Delaware. Daytona in Florida. Eldora in Ohio. Homestead, Miami in Florida. Indianapolis Motor Speedway in Indiana. Iowa Speedway in Iowa. Kansas Speedway in Kansas. Kentucky Speedway in Kentucky. Las Vegas Motor Speedway in Nevada. Martinsville in Virginia. Michigan International Speedway in our home state of Michigan. Oh yeah! New Hampshire Motor Speedway in New Hampshire. Phoenix Raceway in Arizona. Pocono in Pennsylvania. In Richmond Raceway in Virginia. We've got Sonoma in California. Talladega in Alabama. Texas Motor Speedway in Texas. Watkins Glen in New York. Now tell everyone your favorite tracks. Well, it's actually my top five, which are Daytona, which is a super speedway track, Talladega, which is also a super speedway track, Michigan, which is a two-mile track, and Bristol, which is a short track. Awesome. All right, one thing you like to do is watch the biggest crashes of NASCAR. Tell our fans some of the craziest crashes you've seen. Okay, and if you say so, number one, the biggest one in history of NASCAR. At the Daytona 500, 1960, 37 out of 73 cars crashed on the very first lap of the race, and... It was the first race at the track instead of the beach. Oh, so it was the newly paved Daytona track. Yep. Is that the same one they use today? Sort of, but they did upgrade it. Oh, good. Okay. And what is your number two? Number two. Ryan Newman's crash at the Daytona 500 2020. And the... Very final lap, he was in the lead, and Denny Hamlin, who I do not like this season, he spun Ryan Blaney, and then Ryan Newman got clipped by Ryan Blaney on accident, 
and then turned, hit the outside wall, flipped over, went into the catch fence, but surprisingly it finished third place, which mm-hmm. is a miracle. Because one guy totally would have finished third if he didn't accidentally hit him. So that was probably one of the scariest crashes we've seen. We were watching that live when it happened, right? Yeah. Scary. And it was very um, exciting to see him walk out of the hospital just a couple days later. Yeah. I screamed when that happened. What's your third craziest crash? Well, my third is Joey Logano and Chase Elliott's crash at Bristol, which was this year, 2020, which was nice. Afterward, Joey Logano said, golly gee, an apology would have been nice. Hmm, you think he was keeping it clean for the cameras? You think he, he really wanted to say something else? I think he really wanted to say something else. Yeah, I'm glad he kept it to a golly gee. The number four is the Daytona 500 2019, which was the big one. Paul Menard accidentally spun Matthew Benedetto, which caused the wreck. And it looked way too much, like the 4th of July. And Eric Amarola, his back two wheels were on top of the 38 car's roof, which is not usual, man. So after a couple of races at the start of the season, that's when uh, the coronavirus started and everybody had to stay at home and stay safe. So all of the sports were canceled, but a lot of the racers came together and decided to do iRacing, right? Yeah. So it's like a video game. Yeah. Um, so that I brings... I think the Talladega race was the final one of the iRacing. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get around with the crashes. So funny thing to know... At Talladega, Alex Bowman won it, even though Ty didn't want to won it, we never spun him. But, here's the main one. The big one was on lap 16 out of 75, no stage breaks, which is surprising. And apparently Jeff Gordon went into the air, the front mm-hmm. of his car got caught up on the catch fence, which will never ever happen in real life. Because the holes are way too tiny for a piece of a car that's almost two tons to get stuck. Mm-hmm. So that would never happen. So that was your number five is Jeff Gordon iRacing in the Talladega 2020. Thank goodness that was on a video type game, not yeah. in real life, right? I believe Jeff Gordon might have. Brendan Gunn, which is my sixth crash, he crashed at Talladega in 2019. He did a 360 and landed on four wheels. Almost got hit from behind, and he flipped over by two cars. One of them was my favorite, Kurt Busch, and then his front end was demolished. 
Oh, man. That was probably one of the craziest uh, flips we've ever seen. It was surprising to see him land right back on the tires, yeah. right? We Looked like a cartoon. And if you want to see these crashes, just go ahead and search them up on YouTube. That wraps up our favorite tracks and biggest crashes. Stay tuned and we'll get into some rules and regulations. Okay, this week for our rules and regulations round, we're talking general rules of NASCAR. There are many, many rules, but we chose a few we thought you'd find interesting. So, here are some. Starting in 2017, NASCAR announced they have the right to move up the start of the race one hour to beat bad weather, like heavy rain and lightning, on a road course. Roughly 30 to 45 minutes before the race starts, driver introductions will be held. Failure to attend these means the driver has to start at the back of the field. And cars may pit as often as they wish at the experience of track position, but the free pass car is limited to taking fuel only at the first pit stop. If the free pass car is judged to have caused the caution, there will be no free pass car. After singing the national anthem, drivers have exactly five minutes to get in their cars with all the safety equipment fastened and ready to go. At the end of those five minutes, the Grand Marshal for the race will deliver the command. Drivers, start your engines! That's when the drivers start up the cars. Here's another one. All oval tracks in any of NASCAR's national series except Eldora, which is a dirt track, use the safety barriers and other soft wall technology to lessen impacts. Lastly, driver changes are permitted. However, starting the race with a different driver than whom qualified the car will result in the car starting at the rear of the field. Driver changes during the race are permitted as well, performed during pit stops but a team must incur any loss in position due to time spent swapping drivers. The driver who starts the race earns all the points, statistics, and the money. That's this week's rules and regulations. We're taking a break and coming back with Riley's Top 10. And we're back with Riley's Top 10. Let's speed into the list. A quick recap on who we have so far. Number 10, Richard Petty. Number 9, Clint Boyer. Number 8, Jimmy Johnson. Number 7, Brad Keselowski. Number 6, Bill Elliott. Number 5, Dale Earnhardt. Number 4, Chase Elliott. And now we're into the top three. What do you have for us? Number 3 is Jeff Gordon in the number 24 car. He's a really famous guy, and he's really popular. He was one of the greatest drivers in history. He is in the top person of Hendrick Motorsports. He won the Daytona 500 three times. He was the youngest driver to win a NASCAR title at 24 years old. He went into the Hall of Fame in 2019. 
now he's an announcer for NASCAR. Wow. Quite a career. What is your yeah. number two? My number two is Dale Earnhardt Jr. He's in the number eight and 88 car. He's another really famous driver. His actual name is Ralph Dale. He is Dale Earnhardt's son. He has won Daytona two times and his nickname, the Pied Piper. At age 12, he got into some trouble and was sent to military school. His brother joined him there. After that, he started racing at age 17 while attending a high-performance race school. Junior semi-retired in 2017 with 26 Cup Series wins. He is now part-time in Xfinity Series and is a NASCAR analyst. He just went into the Hall of Fame of fame a couple weeks ago oh wow we've got two hall of famers yeah nice well i can't wait for next week to reveal your number one all-time favorite driver we'll be back with a speed round to test riley on his driver knowledge Okay, Riley, let's have some fun with a pop quiz speed round. I'm going to say a driver's car number, and you tell me the driver's name. Got it? Yep. Let's go. Number 11. Denny Hamlin. Number 4. Kevin Harvick. Number 22. Joey Logano. Number 2. Brad Kozlowski. Number 12. Ryan Blaney. Number 9. Chase Elliott. Number 19. Ron Trucks Jr. Number 88. Alex Bowman. Number 18. Kyle Busch. Number 1. Kurt Busch. Number 43. Bubba Wallace. Number 48. Jimmy Johnson. Number 10. Erica Marola. Number 14. Clint Boyer. Number 24. William Byron. Number 21. Matthew Benedetto, number eight. Tyler Reddick, number 20. Eric Jones, number three. Austin Dillon. Well, that was super impressive. Great job, Riley. You really know your stuff. And we're back with some questions from our fans. Our first one is from Bill T. How many G-forces do drivers go through on curves? Well, G-forces are units of acceleration. Drivers can experience up to three Gs during turns. For example, a 160-pound driver will feel 480 pounds. Ooh, holy smokes. Our next question is from Sherry R. How often are racers allowed to change tires during a race? How much does a racing tire cost? The tires can last 60 to 100 laps. 
so they usually need to be changed two or three times during the race. The teams always have extras in case of a blowout. Usually each car brings an average of 8 to 16 sets of tires per race. Each tire costs 350 to $450. Yikes. They do not buy these tires, but lease them from Goodyear. Our last question comes from Drew T. What is a restrictor plate and why are they used in some races and not others? Well, a restrictor plate is a device installed at the intake of an engine to limit it, its power. It keeps a race car from going over 205 miles per hour. They usually use them at super speedways when there is a long straightaway where they can gain speed. For short tracks, they don't go fast enough, so they don't need one! Woo! That's all we've got for you today. Join us next week as we celebrate our season finale. We'll finally reveal Riley's number one driver. And my mom will reveal her number one driver too. We'll have some special guests in studio and also wrap up our fan Q&As. Oh, one thing. For a hint of my mom's number one driver, it starts with a one. All right. Sneaky, sneaky. Until next time. Let's go racing, boys and girls. As a disclaimer, we do not promise to have 100% facts, but we do promise we're having 100% fun.